One of my favorite new features in Rails 3 is a new active record query syntax. I covered it in detail in episode 202, so check that out if you aren't familiar with it. But it seems like some magic is going on behind the scenes in how this works at first, but here I'm actually going to take you through a tour of the internal source code in Rails 3 to show you exactly how it works. Now, if you don't already have a copy of the Rails source code, I encourage you to clone the Git repository. It's hosted on GitHub here, so we'll just copy this URL, and then just run git clone and that URL. After that's done, we'll just hop into that directory and then check out the version that we want to focus on. In this case, version 301, because that's what we're using in most of our applications. Now, since we know we want to focus on active record here, let's only open that portion of Rails in TextMate. So that's under active record and then lib active record. Uh, let's open up this. Now, active record itself is pretty large. So let's try to get a better idea of what exactly we're searching for. So let's experiment a little bit first in the console of a Rails 3 application I have. So here I have a to-do list tracking application where I have a task model. So we have several task records here. And I can use the new active record query syntax for doing something like where the priority is three. And what's returned here looks like an array of records. But if we call class on this, we can see that this is actually an active record relation object that's being returned here. And if we do something like uh, add another option on here, maybe limit two, uh, we can see that that's also an active record relation object. So this is what allows us to basically uh, call additional query methods and chain them together all through this active record relation. So this relation class is really the heart of this new query syntax, and this is a good place to start. So let's take a look at our active record source code here, and we have a file here called relation. Let's see what this does. Now you can see at the top of this class here, we have several constants defined, and one of these constants is a struct. Now, if you aren't familiar with structs, it's a pretty cool way to quickly define a class dynamically, and it has some attributes which are mentioned here in the struct call. So uh, look into structs if you aren't familiar with it, but let's not focus on that here. Um, this next line, uh, the include uh, call, is including several modules, which holds most of the features of this relation class. And if you take a look, there's a relation directory, and inside of here, are those modules that's being included. So one in particular I wanna focus on is called query methods, and let's take a look at that. Now this is where all those methods are that we love so much in the new query syntax. So we have includes and select and group and order and joins and so on. And all these methods behave very similarly in here. Basically, uh, we're calling clone, which is going to clone that relationship object uh, because it's returning a new relationship object, not changing the existing one. Uh, tap is just a cool way in Ruby 1.9 to uh, um, basically return that cloned object after this block is done executing. Um, and we're basically just uh, setting uh, those values, those arguments which are passed in here, um, and storing those inside this relationship object. So that's what all these methods are basically doing. They're not doing any complex logic here, um, just storing those arguments which are passed in. So that's what's happening here inside the console. When we call task.where, it's returning a relation instance. And then when we call limit on this, it's calling that uh, limit method inside the query methods module, which returns a cloned relation object with that new argument. And the question is though, 
We know that this limit call is being called on a relation object, but what about this initial where call? This is called directly on the task model. So this is on active record base and not on the relation object. So where is this initial where call being executed? And somewhere it has to build the initial relation instance. So let's try to find out where that where method is defined on active record base. So let's just do a project-wide search in active record here. Uh, let's try def where. And that returns a couple results. This one here looks interesting, but this is actually in the same module that we're in now. It's under active record relation query methods module. So this is not going to help us. We want something on active record base. Um, we could also try uh, self.where, but that doesn't help us either. Um, another good way to try to find methods is using delegate because that's how some methods are defined. So if we try delegate uh, where, we can see that this produces some interesting results. We have one on base, which is delegating a lot of those query methods. So that looks like what we want here. So here's that delegate line in active record base, and it has all those query methods. And let's just take a look at the end here, and it's all delegated to this scoped call. So what is scoped? Well, if we do a project-wide search again for the scoped method call, we can see there's one under named scope, and that looks interesting. Let's see where that is. So this named scope module is included inside of Active Record Base, so we have access to all of these methods in there. And we can see that scoped call is pretty simple. Basically, um, it's calling a relation and then just merging any options that it has to that. Um, basically, we have to look for this relation object. So let's call def relation again and there's only one call method called relation. Okay, now things are getting interesting. Here in Active Record Base, we have a private relation method here, and this is where the relation object is instantiated. You can see we pass in self, which is our model class, and an error table. And then we also add some where conditions, a type condition, which is actually just for single table inheritance. But basically, we're just passing a new relation object here. But let's check out this error table method and see if we can find it. So define error table, and you can see that this is just creating a new error table, pretty simple. So now the question is, what is error? Well, error is an external dependency, so you won't find it inside of Rails, but I encourage you to check it out as well. Um, error is basically a way to uh, generate some SQL queries, so Active Record uses this, it just basically enters in some attributes, and then uh, error returns an SQL query with those attributes. So as you can see here, we have an error table dot new call, and that's basically what Active Record is doing. Okay, so now that we know what an error table is, let's go back into Active Record, back where we're instantiating our relation object. So here we're passing in our class and our error table. And then if we take a look inside of uh, the relation class, you can see our initializer method, and we're passing in our class and table, and we're just storing those in instance variables so we can use them later. Okay, so going back to our console, we now know what's happening here. When we call task.where, it's instantiating a new relation. When we call .limit on this, it's cloning it and passing in this as additional arguments and storing them up inside that relation instance. Now when we call class, it's not actually performing the query on SQL at that point. These are just arguments inside a relation object. But if we actually don't call class, then we get the objects returned. So the SQL query must be performed somewhere. And actually inside the console here, what's happening behind the scenes is this is calling inspect. And so let's take a look at how this inspect method works. Okay, so back into our relation class here, let's try to find that inspect method. 
and we see it here, and notice it's just calling 2a.inspect. Well, what does 2a do? So I'm just basically following the code here. And so if we already have some records, then it just returns those. Otherwise, it will fetch the records and then return them at the end. So really the interesting part of this method is how the records are fetched. And what I want to focus on is this part here, class.findbySQL. So this is going to call findbySQL on our task model in the console. So this is pretty interesting. Literally inside the code, it's using findbySQL itself. And it's using Errol here to convert you to convert it to SQL. So let's see what this Errol call does. Let's look for where Errol is defined. And notice it's defined inside our query methods module. So we're pretty familiar with this module already. And this is where Errol is defined. It's just calling build Errol and then um, caching it. And so let's find build Errol. And there it is. This is where really the heart of what is happening here. Basically what this is doing is fetching our Errol table that we have earlier and just building up a query in Errol. So it's converting all of our data that we've been storing up inside this relation object and just converting them to an Errol query. So it's converting the group and the order clauses and so on and just returning that new Errol query. And then if we take a look back at our relation object, we're calling to SQL on that to convert it to SQL code and then calling find by SQL. So it's pretty simple. That's all that's happening here to, to fetch the records uh, through our relation class. And now that we have a basic understanding of how this class works, there's a lot of other fun methods that we can explore and just by browsing the code here. For example, uh, there's this create method up here, which basically is just called scoping and then calls create on the class. So this will create a new instance or a new record of our model and scoping is defined down here and that will basically add itself to the class's scoped method. So basically what this means is that anything executed inside a scoping block will be scoped as if it was called directly on that relation object. The modules are really fun just to explore too, especially that query methods module that we've been looking at so far. There's a lot of interesting methods in here that I've just never knew about. For example, we have this method called reorder, which will actually set the order arguments instead of appending to them. And we also even have uh, this method called reverse order, which will just basically flip the order of the, uh, um, the order clause, which is pretty neat. And there's even the calculations module, which is a lot of fun to explore. There's methods in here like average and minimum and maximum. And uh, be sure to check out the spawn methods module too. This is really interesting because uh, it allows you to interact with separate relation objects. So in this case, you can merge relation objects together and merging is actually aliased as an ampersand down here. And then there's these accept and only methods, which sound extremely interesting, but I have yet to really experiment with them. But really the best thing to do is just open up the console of a Rails 3 application and just try these various methods that you see on this relation objects. And uh, they're really interesting results and I find a lot of useful techniques that I just, just didn't know about before by browsing the code. Well, that's it for this episode on the internals of Active Record Relation. I hope you find it useful, and really I encourage you just open up the Rails source code, browse through it, and uh, just try various things and experiment in the console. It's really uh, insightful.